Hey, what is good, people? Welcome to another episode of Midnight Drop. I am your host, Jordan Malone. It's great to have you guys here. I'm doing this early in the fucking morning because I have been trying to do this all fucking week. But I'll let you know why I haven't been doing it all week. And we got a lot in store for you today. We're going to be talking about euphoria, not only uh, the past episode this past weekend, but also what to expect this coming up weekend. But also just some things that I've noticed on social media and on the Internet uh, regarding the show that I felt like would be good to talk about. Also, we're going to be talking about some of the movies that we're going to be watching this weekend. We got a whole truckload of films and TV shows that we're going to go ahead and watch and review for you guys for the next coming episodes. And then we're going to talk about how I felt about the movie Slate in January. We have all that and more in this episode of Midnight Drop. See you guys right after this. you guys so much for joining in for the today's new episode of the midnight drop uh like i said i'm doing this early in the fucking morning uh i haven't been able to get onto this podcast uh in the last couple of days now i released a new episode early this week and i'm still trying to see what the numbers are like over there but i haven't been able to get on this microphone because a lot has happened and first of all i have had to make sure i prioritize my self-help uh well my self health, not my self help. And it's just I just been a little tired. Just Oh God. Yeah. You see it right there. I'm tired as hell. We're I'm doing this at like around like uh six in the morning and I really wanted to get this episode out because I wanted to talk about some things that I was excited to let you guys know how I felt about. But this week has been a little interesting. Uh Number one, one of the coolest things uh, I can just tell you guys right off the bat is that I have been accepted into my top uh, grad school of choice, which is Vanderbilt's MPH Epidemiology Program. So, yeah, I'm pretty much uh, really excited about that. I got accepted early in, I think, early in on uh, Wednesday morning. So... I was really happy about that. Uh, last couple of days, it would be deciding what I want to do. Ooh, fucking yawns, man. Jesus Christ. Let <laughs> me get myself together. No, but the last couple of days, it's me trying to figure myself out, trying to do, know what I want to do, and uh, just see what are my plans are when it comes into grad school. So, been dealing with that. Also, uh, had to figure out some stuff with equipment-wise. So, Recently, I just ordered a new uh, camera, so I'm very, very close into getting the style that I want for my podcast, Um, and I don't think I've talked about this before. In terms of the video portion of my podcast, I want to be able to have like a dual camera uh, setup to where I have, you know, if I'm having like a group or something, I can get, you know, me and then the other person, and we can have like a cool conversation and see how it goes from there. And then 
you know, sometimes if you have like a group or something, it could be like the camera can be set on this side of the group and the other camera can be set on the other side of the group. That's what I've been wanting uh, for a good minute now. And it looks like I'll be able to get to that uh, moment in terms of my podcast. So I'm very excited about that. Also, I've had to really lay out what movies I'm going to watch this weekend. I had to look back at some of the movies I was watching in uh, last month and to prepare for this episode. And I guess around around all those different times this week, I just got really tired coming back from work, coming back from the gym, uh, trying to prioritize uh, my health and making sure that I don't burn myself out. I know on, well, I think it was like a, like Monday night. Another fucking yawn. Let's go. To, hold on. This is what I need to tell myself right now. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, right there. But no, I, I was. I think I had like a a huge fucking headache Monday night, and it was just, it was just crazy, man. So I wanted to do a podcast episode, but I didn't do it because his headache lasts for two days. And I got accepted into grad school and then I had the plan and it just, I need to figure out a better way when to do episodes when I want to uh, get stuff out because I don't think it's best to try to do podcast episodes right after I'm coming from a long gym session, doing it around like 11 o'clock at night. And I know I don't want to do it all the time at 6am. So, you know, I got to figure something out on that, but I want to give you guys great content no matter what. So here we go, man. But with all that being said, hope you guys are doing all right. Hope you guys are doing great. I'm doing great. I love you guys. You should always tell the people that you care about the most, I love you. Because you know why? Because I need you guys. <laughs> I love you guys. So I care about you guys so much when it comes to following the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I tricked you. I apologize for that. But still, if you want to go ahead and follow the podcast on Instagram, you can go ahead and follow us at official underscore tmd podcast again that's official underscore tmd podcast on instagram or you can follow my personal account 615 underscore chill we also show our podcast on every platform there is which is google podcast apple podcast soundcloud spotify anchor uh also on our very own website www.themidnightdrop.com uh if you want to figure out what we do here, well, I'll just tell you this right now, we're a movie and TV show review podcast where we're also trying to chill and talk about uh, people's lives. We get to know each other, uh, politics, society, pop culture, uh, and just some, you know, some cool topics here and there that you can just pick up from the internet and the news, stuff like that. And if you want to kind of join or get involved with it, you can always come in, you know, and DM us either at official underscore TMD podcast or DM me at 615 underscore chill and just let us know what you want to do. Uh, we actually got some really cool episodes on the way with some cool people coming in and that's going to be really interesting. I promise you. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Uh, so again, today we're going to be talking about kind of how I feel about the movies from January. Uh, just, what were my honest opinions about them? I know there are some movies that I reflect on for the month of January that I watched and I really, really liked them. But when it came down to a good portion of them, man, it's tough to say. 
But that's going to be our first topic. Then we're going to go in and next talk about Euphoria, just its newest episode that was this past weekend. Talk about uh, next weekend's episode and just kind of have a conversation. My thoughts on some of the controversy and the discussions out there regarding the show, because there has been a lot of discussion. That is very interesting to me. And then later on, we're going to be talking about some movies that we're definitely going to be reviewing for the month of January, including this week. It's going to be a really nice batch of movies that we're going to go watch. But with that being said, thanks for listening to The Midnight Drop. I'm your host, Jordan Malone, and we'll be right back after this. excited about i'm really excited about getting this new cameraman and figuring out how to do this dual set camera podcast because i am honestly this close into getting to what i really want to do in terms of the podcast and how i want to do it because i think the last part i think the last part of it is just me trying to figure out how to what is it i guess um I guess like get people in and like the setting of it all because like with the equipment I could do so much with it but now that I have other people involved and I want to get others in it's going to be more of a challenge trying to figure out how do I actually you know get those people in what type of setting I want everything and it's like for the people who are my great friends best friends you know y'all know who you are uh, I'll be able to bring them in and it'll be to my house and it'll be fine but when it comes down to people, you know, that I know, it's going to be a little bit of a tough time to just say, like, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, I got to figure out a place where we got to do it at, including with all of my equipment. Because I think after this camera that I get, 
It's going to be two cameras, two lights, a camera switcher, uh, this roadcaster and microphones. So that's going to be really interesting down the road. So I just wanted to point that out. But with that being said, I am excited to talk talk to you guys about how I felt about uh, these past movies in January. And this is going to be pretty quick. It's, I'm not going to linger on it too long because with the past month, we want to kind of put that in the past. And there were some movies that I reviewed uh, that you know, I've been able to reflect on in January and there are actually some of them I was able to talk about on this podcast. Others I didn't really talk about at all that I went to go see for myself and just say, let me just see what's all the hubbub about. Uh, I will tell you this right now. I think one of the biggest movies out there in terms of who reviewed what, who watched what, uh, was Scream. Uh, there was, you know, that, that movie Scream ended up getting, a lot of praise, got a lot of money through the box office in its first weekend. You know, it did pretty well. It knocked off Spider-Man from number one for about a week, and then Spider-Man came right the fuck back up. So that's how you know how big Scream was. And it, it's like, yeah, it got knocked out. It got knocked out after its second weekend, but to be able to knock out Spider-Man, it's like, wow, that's pretty good. But it's also more impressive that Spider-Man's still making a whole lot of fucking money. That's still crazy, but no, man, uh, I'm, I'm just here to talk about how I feel about these movies in the, in the past month of January. And I think I'm going to start off with one movie that took me some time to watch. And I don't think, I think some people were waiting for me to talk about this movie a little bit. And I had decided that I'm not going to watch this movie until it is more affordable to watch it, and I can give you a whole reason why. And that is because this movie, and I'll give you a quick hint. This movie got a, I believe, a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. and It was one of the worst movies in January. And that is going to be... Remember that story that they told us about in training? About George Washington's first female spy during the revolution. They called her Agent 355 because they didn't want the world to know her real name. But her legacy lives on. We're the top agents from around the world. American, British, German, Colombian, Chinese. But now we have a common enemy. That the critics that that is your common enemy. I thought I put it in this microphone. No, this is the three five five. This is a film uh, that I waited essentially since the end of the month to watch it, and I will just tell you this right now: uh, this was one of the worst movies of January. I'm just gonna put it simply. Put I'm gonna put it simply. Uh, this movie was honestly a disappointment. Uh, when I watched the trailer for it in the beginning before it came out. Uh, I was a little bit interested in it because it had certain actors that I was actually really, you know, fond of, like Lupita Nyong'o. And going into this movie, <laughs> finally, uh, I just felt like it was just super unrealistic. It was crazy. It was flimsy, disjointed, and in some parts, a little boring. Like the action did get me in some some areas, but I think overall. 
just what it was able to offer in the table, I just didn't really gel with. And I think, you know, there are people who didn't like this movie because it was an all-female cast, you know, for what it was. It's kind of like Hollywood trying to pander to feminism. I don't think it's really pandering to feminism because I was looking through this movie and the lenses of like, is, is it pandering? And also, is it just a good movie overall? I think for what it was, it's a really interesting, you know, a really interesting idea that if it was executed better, it would have been a really good time. But this was executed in a way like an old 2000s action film was. And that's the problem right here. This film feels like it was released way too late. This movie should have been released around like 2002 or 2003, just around the time the Jason Bourne films came out, because that's that that's the feel of it. It's a 2000s action movie that's just lost in time and it found its way in 2021. And for that, if I had to give it a quick rating, I would have to give it a four out of 10. You know, one of the highlights to it was just the acting here is, you know, pretty solid. It's cool. But and you know, Lupita Nyong'o does a really good job. And when it comes to some action scenes, again, I was okay with, but regarding the writing, the plot, everything else, I just really didn't gel with, uh, lost in time and got boring at points. And I was just sitting, sitting there in the theater kind of questioning what they were doing in terms of logic, in terms of motives. And I just didn't really get it at all. And I don't think I really like Sebastian Stan. Uh, in this movie as well. And he's one of my favorite actors, but I didn't really like him as much. I didn't really find him that interesting. And, and that's one of the, that's kind of like my quick review of the three, five, five. Um, if you want to go watch it now, it's available on streaming. And it took me weeks to go see it because I think I, I started to develop this tendency to where if it's a really bad movie, but it's boring, I'm not going to I'm going to do everything I can to not watch this movie or to wait to when it comes out on streaming, which for this movie, it came out pretty fast on streaming. It came out in the beginning of January and then it came to streaming at the end of January. So that's I don't know if that's a new record. I really don't know, but it is what it is. But let's actually get to our next film. And this is something that I actually talked about just earlier, and it was able to beat out No Way Home in the box office on its first weekend, but got knocked Right the fuck back <laughs> like it should be. And that was Scream 5. Scream 5, that was pretty much a quick opening to the film. And I remember reviewing this movie, and I pretty much just said that it was an okay time. It wasn't 
nothing too crazy. Uh, there are some things about it that I, you know, honestly uh, was a little annoyed of. But now looking back at this film, I can honestly say that this movie, I think, is a little bit better than what I thought it I thought I said or I thought it would be. But I think I'll bump up a score. I I may remember that I gave this film a six out of ten. If I said a seven out of ten before, then I apologize. So it'll just say the same. But if I did say six out of ten, I'm actually going to retract that and say it's a seven out of ten. This film, honestly, to me, you know, rewatching this in the theater and kind of thinking back on it, I feel like it deserves a bump in the score because the most important thing about the film is that it stays true. It stays true to its own universe, to its own ideology of this being a parody of slasher films while also equally being scary. And I did feel scared throughout this movie in terms of who is going to die and who's not. Even if, you know, go face killer stabs a guy like 10 fucking times in a row and then they still end up alive on their way to the hospital. And I know it's like the logic here is just a little weird, but I think overall with strong acting performances and also with some really cool scenes of suspense and tension, I felt like this movie did a little bit better than what it was going to do. And I'm really happy about that. So I'm going to bump it up to a seven out of 10. And I feel like, I feel like they're already getting ready for a six screen film. You know, it's something that, you know, I'm going to watch. That's going to make me rewatch all five of the other screen films. So I'll be I'll be anticipating that it may take a year. It may take like you know two years for it to come out, but I think Scream Five it, it's a good it's a good start for this new requel series that they're going with with the Scream franchise. So yeah, that's how I felt about Scream. Uh, next up, one of my favorite movies of the year that I want to go ahead and you know just be honest with. It's a hero, and this film was released in theaters January seventh. And it was released on Amazon Prime uh, for a good minute. And I want to go ahead and show the following trailer is rated. I want to go ahead and show the trailer for it, honestly, right here and there, because it's one of my favorite movies of the month. I know that you might just end up. Oh, 
<laughs> guy trying to kick that old guy's ass in this movie. But no, that was the trailer for a hero. Uh, like I said before, this is one of my favorite movies of January. I'm going to go ahead and get a ranking out for this on Instagram and also right here at the end of the segment. But if there are so many things to talk about with this film is that one of the first things is the acting here is awesome. Uh, I love the acting from all of these guys. And with that acting, it really makes the story uh, more interesting than I thought it would be. And the story really follows uh, this guy who's on two day leave from prison, you know, finds a bag of gold coins or at least his girlfriend does. He decides to return the bag to its rightful owner and is revered as a hero that, you know, you know, brings a lot of, you know, happiness around the people around him. And as he's you, as he's basking in his glory of being praised as a hero, uh, some people actually see as him as a fraud and think that his past actions are, are only just a way to absolve him from those past actions. And throughout this entire movie, you're actually really interested in knowing what he's all about, what he's actually doing. And the I guess the dissolve of him as a man and just everyone around him just liking him and just people revering him as his hero, but more or less a fraud and bringing great shame to him and his family and to his people. And I just think this movie, it didn't really cough me off, catch me off by surprise too much, but it was something to where I actually, you know, enjoyed and said, okay, I'll, you know, this is something that I would, I wish that I saw this in in the theater, but I'll be honest with you too. The filmmaking here is awesome. The whole concept is great. And if there's any movie, if there's any movie that I recommend you see right now on Amazon prime, it's a hero. Yes. I know it's a foreign film. Yes. I know it has subtitles and you're going to read, but Trust me, it's worth your time. It's worth your while. It tells a really cool story that's very realistic. And I think, (laughs) and I I said this, it's crazy. I feel like it has a crazier horror element than Scream because (laughs) when you think about it, a guy's chasing you getting stabbed. Okay, that's scary. But think about today in terms of you getting fucked over on social media and there's a false rumor going out about you and you can't do nothing about it. And your whole reputation is destroyed because reputation is everything. That to me is one of the scariest things. I think it's scarier than just getting stabbed, <laughs> but I, I'm crazy. But I just wanted to say that right there just to kind of give a little hook. You guys to get interested on this, but no, let's get into our next uh, one of our next movies that I watched. I actually did a review on this not too long ago, and I think if you watch the episode for it. Uh, you already know what this was all about. And this was Bororigo. Zamanchi. I didn't play. <laughs> Deputy Sheriff, we need of immediate assistance. Does anybody read me? an emergency. I got a homicide scene with two bodies and a third missing person. Dad, I was in the desert with Ellie yesterday. Where was she exactly? Are you okay? 
damn, that's your ass. That's your ass right there. But no, that is Boyego. That is a film that was released simultaneously in theaters and also uh, on streaming. And I just said that this movie was not as good as it really could have been. It had an it, it had something a little bit interesting, but I think overall this was played out. This was has already been done millions of times where person is caught up in the wrong place in the wrong time and is forced to help out the villain of the story. And we turn out we, we find out that the villain's not really the villain and the real villains out there hunting them down. And it's a race against time. And I mean, if there are things that I liked about it was that, you know, there are, you know, the cinematography here is surprisingly good. Like it, it is worth watching. Uh, but with that came a lot of problems with how this movie's runtime uh, consists of just shots of the desert and mountaintops and cactuses and animals. And you're just like, it's so slow paced that you really, really, really don't care for this film. and You really don't care for these characters. The acting here is hit or miss. Uh, your main girl here is pretty cool. But there are other parts where I feel like the acting here was just not as good as as it could be. Um, the story is, you know, boring. <laughs> I'll say it right now. I fell asleep watching this film for a little bit. Uh, but if there was anything else good about it was that there are some points where they add in a little bit of character development to some characters like the drug dealer who kidnaps the main girl in the beginning. And you're like, wow, I I'm really happy you did that. Uh, but it's just, this film is just a quick, let me just see what it's all about type of film. Uh, I think it's shot pretty well in that it has a good amount of long takes, even if the long takes, like the long one takes, uh, kind of hurt the film itself because you have so much, but I think for what it is, it's really good filmmaking. Uh, but you know, I just got to be honest with you, man. This is just one of those films that, you know, we're just we're just showing off our camera and our skills, but we got to tell a story. So here's the story. We're not going to go too crazy into it. <laughs> so that's how that's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about this entire movie and just what it was all about. But we still have some movies to go, man. And I think at this point we're going to hit like a lot of the films that. I watched, but I didn't want to give a crazy review on <laughs> that were just like really, really bad. And I know there there are some more stuff out there that I probably want to see, but there was two movies. No, there was three movies actually that I watched, and I'm not, and I, I'm not even, I I'm not even gonna go to go into the trailers for them, man. It's like. These movies were fucking ridiculous. Um, And the three movies I'm talking about that are probably like my worst of the month is Redeeming Love, (laughs) uh, Tiger Rising, and what was the other film? Oh, American Siege. Those three were the worst films for me in the month of January. And I'm going to kind of just go really quick on them. All three of them are crazy. That's the similarity with all three of them. They're all fucking crazy. Um, American Siege is the film that was basically another Bruce Willis type film starring Bruce Willis that was really bad. 
another bad movie starring Bruce Willis. And you're just sitting here just like, yo, Bruce Willis, what the fuck are you doing, man? Stop. Stop doing these movies and just retire. Just go chill out. But he want to get that money. He want to get that check. He he wants to do movies that make him feel like a patriot. And I'm just like, I don't care. And these and American Siege, it's not that good. You're actually bored. There are things in here that are zany as fuck. The acting here is bad. I mean, this movie is so bad, you don't even have to worry about buying it. You can just go ahead and watch it on YouTube for free. <laughs> and you're like, wow, YouTube doesn't even care about it because it's that bad. And I watched this movie free, illegally, and it's like, the movie sucks, man. This movie freaking sucks. <laughs> and if I have to give it a rating real quick, I, I give it like a... Man, I give it like a fucking two. I give it a two out of ten. Um, next up, oh, there is one more movie, but that's the one I'm gonna have to watch for February. It's The King's Daughter. That's a film I'm gonna have to watch in February and give a review out with some people. Uh, next up, ooh, I'm actually gonna have to look at this real quick. Actually. We're going to go into uh, about this second movie. My fault, guys. I just got like a crazy-ass text. Uh, but that second movie uh, that I really watched, I was like, what the fuck? Uh, a Tiger Rising. Okay, this was a film that I never should have watched on streaming. This was just one of those films that I was just like, okay, it is what it is. It's just, it's all right. It's, it's I guess, a kid's film that's poorly acted and has crazy ass moments in CG. And there's nothing else to go off on, man. It's just, it's that bad of film. And you're sitting here just like you telling me two kids, just let a tiger out to just kill their bullies and that they themselves invoke their animal spirit. And that the messaging here in this film is just that bad. It stars like Dennis Quaid and Queen Latifah. And you're just like, wow, Dennis Quaid, it's always doing these types of films. I just saw you in American Underdog. You love doing these small films, including Christian films. And I swear to God, like I felt like this was a Christian film. It was it, it was one of those Christian films that are that bad. But Queen Latifah in here, man, she plays a stereotype in here, and I'm just like, ah, fuck this. But I know it's a kid's movie, but I gotta give it any rating. I give it like a a three. I, no, I'm gonna give this a two. It's it's a two. It's a bad film. It's a terrible film. It's a laughable film. But the last movie, Redeeming Love, and that's a film that I'm going to rewatch with other people and just see how they feel about it, have a discussion. But if I had to be brutally honest, this film right here has caused caused a little bit of divide because you had politics involved, I guess, and like. You had a good majority of people who liked this film because it was castrated by the liberal Hollywood media, which makes no fucking sense. Talking about this movie goes back to the roots of, you know, God fearing Christians loving each other and a God fearing Christian turning a prostitute into a housewife. And I'm sorry. No, no, no. This film is goofy. This film is bad. I I can give credit where credit is due. There is some good acting here, but it's just 
it's just ridiculous, man. And I want to go ahead and talk about this a little bit more, but this is deserving as a, a bad film that I am. I I need to rewatch with others. I mean, again, the acting was okay, but how this movie is shot, the story, just the motivations and the actions. Like, the movie only is just a guy who's just like, from the moment I saw her, I knew she was going to be my wife. and I'm going to love her. I'm going to show her the Lord. And it's just, I just don't get, I, I no. <laughs> Those movies are just corny as fucking, they're just bad. But I guess I'm part of the liberal media because I said this movie was bad. No, this movie is just awful. And it has, I think it has like a 11%. No, it has a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it has like a 90 plus percent on the audience score. And it's like, damn, really? IMDb gave it a high score too. And a letter, but you go to a letterbox, you go to the critic side of Rotten Tomatoes and other sources. And they said, this movie is terrible. This is one of the worst films of the month. And I have to agree with that. This movie is just bad. But again, I'll talk with other people. But that was about all the movies I saw in January. And if I had to rank my top three. Uh, oh, and I, there was one more movie I forgot to put in. Uh, but I think I'll talk about it in the next episode. Uh, if there were, If there was a top three. Better yet, let me just go ahead and just tell you guys my top movie of January. And my top movie of January is actually going to be. Uh, a hero. I'm just going to make a hero my top movie of the of the month because it is something that I was really interested in and it had a really great payoff. But there was another movie in here that deserves to be talked about, but I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. We're actually going to go ahead and get into our next break and then we're going to be talking about Euphoria, its newest episode this past weekend how I feel about this next episode coming in and also just talk about, you know, some of the discussions out there. But again, I'm your host, Jordan Malone. Thanks for coming in for the midnight drop. We'll be right back after this.
go ahead and get into our next topic at hand and talk about just euphoria for a good chunk of this podcast. Uh, gonna be straight with you. This last episode that we watched was fucking ridiculous. I mean, I just, it, it's just so much to take in, man. And just so many things that I think has fueled the discussion uh, these last couple of days in terms of the show. And talking to you guys is one thing, one thing. But letting you guys see it for yourselves is another. And I feel like this isn't even the peak of what we're going to expect in season two, man. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Euphoria's uh, fourth episode in its second season. Uh, This has been a crazy one with a lot of crazy storylines. And it seems like they kind of all converged in this film. Well, not this film. It feels like a film. But in this episode. And I'll kind of just help you guys, you know, guys kind of remember a jogging memories about you know, where we left off with these characters, but pretty much uh, Cassie and Nate, you know, they're doing their thing, uh, but Nate's doing his thing with Maddie now. I guess they're trying to get back together or something. Uh, Rue, Jules, and Elliot are all best friends, or they, you think they are best friends, but it's more than that. Rue is doing a very stupid decision in terms of getting drugs and is conning one of the craziest drug dealers that we've seen in the first episode of the season and just burning a lot of bridges down. And Lexi is trying to get her whole play together and trying to tell herself that she can do it all. Plus, we have this whole interesting story with Cal trying to find himself, being who he wants to be, coming out, all of that. And... uh yeah, man. I mean, with this this whole episode in general, you know, coming off of episode three, you know, it's like it it, it had to be crazier, and it did, and it was. But was it a little too crazy? That's my thing. But we start off with the opening of this whole entire, you know, episode with an opening to how much Rue loves Jules. And I think this was one of the first interesting parts of the entire episode with essentially euphoria bang homage to some, some movies over here, man. And I guess if we just go back and kind of just watch this opening and name how many references they did and what those references are, I think it'd be really interesting. I think it'd be really, really interesting. And I don't think, I don't think I can find it real quick. Oh, here we go. Yes, the love scene. And there's actually something else that's happening in between, but they were doing a lot of references to movies like The Titanic, Brokeback Mountain, uh, Sleeping Beauty. Uh, There was one with, uh, it was the one about the the guy who dies, becomes a ghost and tries to love his his wife or something like that or his girlfriend. But I'm going to go ahead and show you to you guys right now. I'll be here in the morning Close your eyes I'll be here for a while Well there's lots of things Along the road I'd surely like 
right now you guys are just listening to a country song, but it just did a lot of <laughs> just like, yo, I thought I was why are you gonna do this right now? I'm listening to a country song, god damn it. But no, right now they're doing like scenes from just a bunch of films and just having a lot of imagery from different like art pieces, I would believe. Uh and while I found this to be interesting and I found it to be cool, in comparison to the last couple of openings that we've been getting, I don't think it was as strong as to what we've already gotten so far. I don't think it really gave out any crazy information that we know already. I mean, we've already know how much Rue loves Jules. And I guess doing this is creative and it's you know interesting at that part and it pokes a lot of fun. But... I think overall, it's just something to where I'm okay with, you know, this is something that I can chuckle at in, in some points, but it, it's not really hidden to me like last week's was with Cal's backstory or Fez's backstory. It's just, it is what it is. Um, but there was one part of here that I did laugh, and that was the one with Brokeback Mountain, which we actually are here right now, actually. I could never hit the open road and leave How about we hit the hay? Close your eyes, I'll be here in the morning. What do you mean? What are you doing? <laughs> fuck, shit, fuck, fuck, fuck. And the horses are just watching, like, there they go. <laughs> but just like in the film. But, uh, yeah, all of this is happening. While I guess Rue is getting eaten out by Jules, but she is so high on narcotics that she can't even feel herself getting eaten out. And she's just playing around. And it's just like, I, I feel it. I'm, 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 I'm coming all of that. Oh, it gives like a fake, like a fake, uh, like a fake orgasm. And Jules even figures that out. And it's so freaking crazy that it's just, it's like cringy. It's so cringy to watch. And I'm just like, okay, whatever, whatever, fam. And again, I felt like this opening just wasn't as strong as it really could have been. But going in later, we get into more about Nate and Cassie. And then we get this really, I guess, cool scene of acting where we get Nate and Cassie arguing about what they want. And this is coming off of Nate talking to Matt. You know, Tate talking to Maddie, basically saying, like, you know, I didn't know you really loved me as much. And it's kind of like a I want to get back together, but not really. Like, I just don't want you to be with nobody else because I'm being very possessive. And that's what Nate that's who Nate is. That's what Nate's all about. And we transition to this whole scene where he's talking to Cassie. He's in the bed. He's in their own bedroom because they're basically meeting up every Friday night at his house and oh man this the, the acting from here was really good and it's going to lead into this one point later on in this segment that i want to hit home with heather with her how many times do i have to tell you that we're not back together right you just hung out and talked about love oh jesus fucking christ if i would have known you were going to get back together i wouldn't have done this that's a lie it's not a lie. You have this image of yourself as so fucking sweet and innocent. But it's bullshit. If you were a fucking sweet person, you wouldn't have fucked your best friend's boyfriend. 
You two are broken up. That is a comfort to nobody but you. I can't do this. Well, you want to go tell Maddie? Maybe I will. You're afraid that I'm still in love with Maddie, so you're going to do whatever the fuck it takes to destroy that. This isn't about being a fucking good person, Cassie, or being a fucking good friend. This is about you getting what you want. You can fucking leave or you can get into bed. It's up to you. You know what you don't realize, Nate? Is I don't care what happens to me. I don't care how angry Maddie gets. You two shouldn't be together. You're toxic. How would you know? Because she's my best friend and I'm in a relationship with you. She's not good for you. You're not good for her. And I will do everything I can to prevent it. Maddie, that's literally fucking insane. Maddie, Cassie, I... See? I, this Ma is what I I'm said, about. Maddie, because we're talking about how fucking crazy Maddie is, which you can't seem to fucking comprehend. No, you don't understand, Nate, is I am crazier. That's not something to be fucking proud of, Cassie. No, but it is something you should be scared of. What the fuck? What the fuck? You can't fucking blackmail me into a relationship with you. Blackmail means you don't have choices. But in reality, you do have choices. You just have to own up to the consequences of them. That is the literal fucking definition of blackmail. If you don't do this, I'm going to do that. But it's blackmail. blackmail. I don't care. It doesn't change anything. It's fucked up. You know what's fucked up, Nate? You telling me that you love me and then going and being in a relationship with my best friend. What the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? That's basically how this whole thing ends. But, oh, man, it's just that scene alone was, I think, one of the highlights of the entire episode. And it's followed up by more and more scenes that I feel like were highlights. But, you know, the acting here from both these both these people, both from Nate and from Cassie. Uh, and I'm actually going to go ahead and get into their names because I don't want to disrespect them at all because and that's going to get into what I want to talk about, Sydney Sweeney and Jacob Elordi. Uh, Jacob and Sydney, I feel like they're two really good standouts in this entire show. And I'm glad that they're focusing on Cassie, Sydney Sweeney's char uh, character a whole lot more with just her whole story. As much as I, you know, really don't like some of the actions that Cassie is taking, you can't deny that her actress is doing a really good job. And, that's something that I can proudly say. I really like this acting here in this show. But as we move forward with some of the other things that I liked, uh, again, the soundtrack here is awesome. There are moments here where I just, I genuinely enjoy just what they were able to do and just what, what, like how the music here was able to kind of like tell the story on its own and kind of speak to us, how the characters are feeling and who they are and what's up. And I think that's something that I don't know if I really brought out in terms of these other reviews of euphoria, but the soundtrack here is amazing. I think it's one of the best soundtracks from a TV show I've heard in a long time. And you really start to just bump into it throughout the entire day and throughout the entire episode, including the, the music from Labyrinth. And I think he's just a big contributor. But we'll get back to Labyrinth a little bit more. But that's one of my other big things I loved from this episode. Just the soundtrack and what it was all about. 
Um, other things, uh, I really did like the acting here more from other characters, ones who played Maddie, uh, and just this long dialogue and just how we're also able to converge a lot of these characters' events and moments and just to one night where one moment we're having Maddie, uh, Kate, Nate, and Cassie and Lexi all celebrating Maddie's birthday uh, at Cassie's place. And Nate comes up and it becomes this big old argument. And then at one moment we're having Cal having his whole mental episode drunk and almost killing himself to where we also get to an ending with his family. And then we also have an event where we have Jules, uh, Rue and Elliot basically going crazy and Rue just kind of burning more bridges and gaslighting people. And that's just, that's just, that's just more of like why I like this episode in some of these cases and my best things from it. It's just every kind of knowing like what else is going on in the background and when are we going to get to these characters and like, Oh, this moment is so crazy, but we get to another crazy moment. It, it, it fueled the fire to a lot of the, a lot of people's discussions about this show and what its episode was all about these last couple of days. And I think it did what it was supposed to do. It made people talk It made people's jaws drop. And that's what it should be doing. That's what it should do. And I'm actually going to get into the, one of those crazy moments, which I felt like was my favorite because it it just says a lot about this certain character, Cal. I think Cal in this entire season has been focused a little bit more and they're doing a really good job of what they want to do with him. And I got to go into his, uh, his uh, actor, man, because his actors are Eric Dane. Eric Dane's a veteran in this industry, man. And, he just shows that he's he still got it, not only in his acting, but also in his body. That that man looks good. But just what they did with him in this entire episode, I I I was I was shocked. I was laughing my ass off. And it it was hilarious, man, just what they did at the end. Uh Cal's basically having a whole meltdown because the last time we saw him, he was getting interrogated by Fez and Ashtray and Ashtray knocked him the fuck out <laughs> with the butt of a shotgun. And he's kind of going through it, decides that I'm going to just start drinking, has major head trauma, and he decides I'm going to go drinking. And you can already tell that he's crazy right from the get-go because he's talking to his own son. So immature to where we all know this guy's drunk. This guy is fucking Crazy. This, this guy is ridiculous. Uh, here you go. What? What? Where's mom? Asleep. Not a care in the world. I would like to make a toast to Nathaniel. Oh shit! I don't even know what. Just stop. The king of all kings. The big swinging dick. Mr. Big Balls. <laughs> huh? You are a part of me. I will never understand. But I take full responsibility. I think I'm going to go for a drive. <laughs> I 
wear a seatbelt. <laughs> okay, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you already see how crazy it is, and uh, this all uh, culminates into like a crazy driving sequence where he almost dies. I mean, this guy is driving drunk. I was actually on the edge of my seat, hoping that he wouldn't get fucked, and I just, man, just. I feel like he's just at the bottom of the bottle right now. In terms of like a, an example or an allegory, he he's at the way he he's way bottom at the bottle right now because he is just he is fucked. He can't find a disc where it shows his biggest secret of having sex with Jules, which is bad for him because he's Jules is underage. Uh but the whole thing about just him trying to be who he is in his whole journey towards that and playing a persona to where it's making him depressed each and every single day is something that's interesting and it's realistic except for the exaggerated parts. It's very realistic. It's, it's very realistic in terms of like its core problem and its undertones. But with this episode, it gets into, it's one of biggest moments so far in the season to where Cal just lays it on his family. It just goes fucking crazy. And I'm not going to play the whole thing because this is a very long scene. It's almost five minutes, but I just want to go ahead and just play off like some of the, the interesting parts, man. Appalled as you are right now, you wouldn't be standing here saying, dad, what are you talking about? I went to the strip club and I, Wait a minute. He just smacks his own wife's ass. And then the, the video just pauses. It wasn't me. Video just pauses her. Just like, mm, fuck this. Huge tits. Shaved pussy. And I fucked the shit out of her in my truck. You wouldn't be one-tenth as appalled as you are right now. You wouldn't be standing here saying, Dad, what are you talking about? You'd be like, Dad, don't say that in front of Mom. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're a bunch of fucking hypocrites. I'm a man. I'll fuck whoever I want, whenever I want. I'll fuck men. I'll fuck women. I'll fuck transsexuals. And I'll have a mighty fine time doing it. I eat what I kill. I'm going to bed. I'm a faggot. Sexist, chaser, pig, fucking creep, and I love it. Living a double life? Not my biggest regret. You are. And that's to Nate. Fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this whole... This whole thing is predictable in some, in, in some cases, but it's not... It, that doesn't make it bad... And it's just how everything is gone with just Eric Dane acting his ass off in the scene. You know, a lot of people are saying that you need to give him an Oscar for it. I don't think that's the right, like it's a daytime Emmy or like a, a TV Emmy for it. But no, man, they do, a, they do a great job here. He does a great job here in this scene alone. There are other moments where I want to go ahead and just lay it on but I, I actually implore you to go ahead and watch the watch the entire scene for yourself 
watch ent- this entire sequence because it's that funny, but it's cool and it's just like crazy. But if we got to kind of if we kind of have to get into some of the other things I didn't like about this episode, which I didn't probably talk about some things I'm feeling about Euphoria, is that uh, I really didn't like Rue or Jules in this entire episode. And I'm starting to really not have any likable characters in this show. And in this entire episode, it's about how much Rue loves Jules. But right now we're seeing, I guess, Jules is cheating on Rue because she's just like, I just don't know if I love her as much or she doesn't have a sexual side like I do. And Elliot is basically answering to Jules' advances and just doing their thing because he's bi. He doesn't care. And Jules is just like, I just want someone to get me off. And I think at this point in time, I didn't really care for Jules' concerns. Well, I care for like a couple, but I didn't really care for all of them with her just cheating. And it's not like, you know, you cheat on somebody. It's just like they're totally unforgivable. You know, it makes them an asshole. It makes them somebody who's just, you know, it's ridiculous. But at the same time, when you're complaining about the potentiality of, I don't even think that's a fucking word, the potentiality. When you think about the scenario of how your own girlfriend or your partner is going to cheat on you with her best friend, but then you end up doing the cheating, the cheating, the cheating, um, it, to me, it just makes you a hypocrite and it just gets really annoying just seeing all of that. And the, the whole show wants us to feel for Jules and it just, no, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like what her character was, it was doing on that one. Um, there's also this scene, there's, there's a, that whole story with just the three of them, Rue, Jules and Elliot. I just didn't, I just didn't really like them at all. I didn't really like all of them. It, it, it got annoying. It got ridiculous. Um, it was to- It shows how toxic all three of them are. And yeah, no, nah, there, there's a scene right now. There's a scene I want to show where they basically just do true for dare. Like they've been doing since the last episode and they pretty much need to stop this shit right now. I think she has a crush on me. Should we all just fuck? Which pretty much what y'all should do.
That was not 10 seconds. Was that a dare? Maybe. We should make her jealous. Start the clock. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, wow, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yep, thank you. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah, you can you can pretty much just hear right there that like Jules is okay with cheating on Rue, but she's just not okay with Rue just having any content with any contact with anybody else, and that just makes her really annoying. And I can see why people did did not want this ship to happen at all. Nobody really wants this relationship to go on. I didn't really want it to go on. Just seeing this is just ridiculous. Um, but then we get into the next sequence of events where they go basically still li- liquor, it's still alcohol. And it was just like, first of all, why? Why would you go ahead and put you guys in a crazier situation like you've already put in your, you guys up before? Like, why? You got, like, Rue's already high on drugs. Jules is already crazy and you're already acting crazy. It's like, why would you do this at all? And... The second thing is that why is it over for White Claw? Why why is it over for White Claw? Are you serious? I feel like that was just a whole product placement that they just wanted to put in. And it's just like, wow, this is where I'm just like, you didn't really have to do this. You didn't have to do this at all. You didn't have to put this whole sequence of events, but you wanted to make it crazy. And I feel like. Oh man, and just how it how how it just all goes down. It's just, uh, man. I just I I'm gonna show it to you guys. I'm gonna let y'all go to it. There there are some parts in here that is funny, but I I really just felt like this was just entirely goofy and just was unnecessary. All right, I'm gonna distract the clerk. You're gonna steal the beer, and you do nothing. Cool. All right. All right. Cool. Break. Oh my God, Kramer, dude. Comedian, okay, thank you. Didn't you get canceled for saying like the N-word a bunch of times? Uh, you know what, Now man? you work at a convenience What's store? What's up, bro? Give Your me Twitter shit. is fucked up, I've always said that. Shit. You're always taking shit too far, you know what I mean? What do you do? Hey! hey. Kramer, Kramer! How much is all this anyway? Fucking motherfucker! Get out of my store! Don't come back! Like, was any of this necessary? Was any of this necessary to drive home the plot? Like, it, I don't know, man. I Other people may have liked it. I didn't like it. It just wasn't for me. And it just caused a lot of much unnecessary drama that may come back to bite him in the ass. Um, Something else, I... I'm going to just be honest. I didn't like what Rue did to Jules and just how fast those turn of events went. It, it it feels like Rue's not even like the main character of her own story anymore. And that's not like a con. Like the con is that, you know, Rue's being an asshole. But I feel like with this episode, we're shown more that we're, we're getting away from her being like the main focal point of this entire show and that we're starting to focus on other characters and more importantly, I guess, Jules and just what she's got going on. And that'll go into like next into this next weekend's episode and what we're going to kind of see coming up. And, you know, just how 
she's just burning bridges left and right and just oh man ah fun Drink down. Are you fucking drinking? Mm, yeah. It's just one drink. I don't care. Why are you drinking? <sighs> I'm not even into alcohol like that. Then why are you drinking it? You know, f- Elliot, just take me to fuck home, please. Rue. No, I just, I want to go home. No, Rue, I'm, I'm just saying, like, don't drink. No, I want to go home. Why? Just drop me off. Why? Drop me off, Why? please. Because I can't fucking stand you. What? Yeah, I don't wanna fucking, I don't wanna argue about this shit. I don't wanna fight. I'm sick of fucking fighting. I just would rather be home. Just, just drop me off. Just, just pull, just pull the fuck over and just let me out. Please. Right here. This is the only moment where I was like, I felt like Ruse was Rue was a little right in what she said. I can't fucking stand you. I can't fucking stand Jules, but I can't fucking stand her either because Rue is just self-destructive and is gaslighting people and burning bridges and, and, and just insulting people who have helped her throughout the entire way. And I know this is supposed to be a common trait uh, for people who are heavily addicted to drugs who, you know, relapse and get back into it. But, I'm sorry, man. This is ridiculous. It's it. It's not bad writing. It's just like I really just don't like either Rue or Jules, and it's annoying. Um, and just what they do with her with this long sequence of events with just Rue, I guess, taking in the drugs that she got from the drug dealer, the woman that we saw in the first episode of this season, and having this big this big moment where we're at a church and I'm going to tell you this right now. I feel like this is setting up for another shot of her getting, being OD'd of her ODing. Um, I'm not going to show the church scene because that one's pretty long, but I thought, you know, as cool filmmaking as it was, and it was a great uh, cameo for labyrinth. I thought that was a little slow. I thought it was a little slow. Honestly, but I felt I feel like it's it's a great it's a great performance by Labyrinth and it's like a little mini concert. But, yeah, just a little slow to me. Um, What they were doing there, which is the cinematography and just kind of having like a whole Rue is sick of this shit. She is just ready to go home and also like having her hallucinating and seeing her father. It's kind of like it's giving you real serious tones of. She is going to die, and she is ready to go home. That's what it feels like. She is going to die, especially when you saw in the preview of the uh, of you know next weekend's episode, man. But I didn't like any of the Rue and Jewel stuff, except for some of the allegories and some of the jokes. Um, we can get into Maddie and Cassie and Nate and that whole situation right there. I'm just going to be quick about it. Good acting. It's crazy enough. I, man, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not really in, (laughs) how that whole situation devolved. I was just like, this is, this is ridiculous. This is, this is crazy. And I think I'll 
go ahead and further down talk about how I feel about you know euphoria at this point while also having some discussions uh I feel like euphoria is a good show it's a really good show that I still am standing on what I said about the first couple episodes you know we said I said the first episode and the third episode were like nine out of tens um second episode was like an eight uh this one I, I I pretty much would give it like a seven and a half it's good in a lot of areas but to me there are some points to where I just really couldn't gel with and you know I think the whole big thing about Rue and Jules and just how I'm not liking those characters and I'm not really having any likable moments from these characters at all I'm just getting really annoyed by that but there's this whole conversation about how the show is romanticizing drugs and it's romanticizing drug use and how it's very exaggerated and I'm going to say it's not romanticizing drug use. I feel like people that's very surface level and that's when you're not really thinking about it. This show is all about telling you what happens when what happens when you have a drug addiction through the eyes and the lens of a drug addict, a young drug addict and that it can happen to anyone and that you can get fucked up from it and that what are the common motives and what drives them to do that? And that's why Zendaya is a really great actress and why she is fully capable of doing this role and conveying that message. I think the people who were trying to criticize this show for romanticizing it are ones who are basically, you know, older and don't really understand the show and only seen a couple episodes and don't really get the full picture. And one of those big people who, and one of the biggest people who uh, criticized this show was the organization dare. Uh, and, I, I, I'm going to just be honest. This feels like it happens every year with a big show or like a commercial or whatever that's popular where uh, an old organization or an organization you don't even know about criticizes people or criticizes that popular thing and says that it's abusing drugs. It's, a you know, it's abusing kids or it's tainting the minds of the young children or the young people. And it's like. Have y'all even went ahead and watched this show? Have y'all even went ahead and, and, and took a time to really think about it? Or did you just want to criticize something to where you guys get more attention for yourselves? And, you know, I'm not going to say it's all boomer talk or anything. You know, there are some things where you really think about it and you're like, okay, that makes sense. But I feel like when people criticize the show about its drug, drug use, I, I don't think they're really truly understanding the full scope of the show. But what I will agree is that this show does take exaggerated tones and moments to talk about, you know, these core problems. And to me, that is a problem because you don't really want to you don't really want to fully exaggerate uh, moments of issues that really are relatable to, to high schoolers and to teenagers you know, it may be taking things up to 11 and it may be fun and dramatic and may showcase some great acting. But all in all, you have to agree that some of these moments are not really needed, that we really don't need to see so many crazy shit, so much crazy shit happen from episode to episode. Um, I also feel like with my whole thing about how this is basically Degrassi, but it's produced and distributed by HBO and a 24. Um, I'm still stand on that with also saying that 
it has elements to where it's over uh, dramatized. And I'm actually going to want to look at this entire uh, season when it's over and also season one and kind of just get a good sense of, is this a little bit too exaggerated? Is this a little bit too crazy? Um, I already wanted to recommend this to my parents and to other uh, older people, but I stopped from doing that because I realized that this show for an older generation may not really sit well with them as much as we, the younger generation, uh, kind of watch it and how we sit with it. So that's one thing. And also with Sam Levinson and just kind of the, there are these rumors and accusations that Sam Levinson is not catering to all of his actors and actresses and kind of just being a creep. I do get vibes that he is being a little weird. Uh, I don't know about the rumors because again, those are just rumors and we can't really fully uh, confirm that those are true because again, they're just rumors, but I will say that there are moments in here to where the direction while it's as good as we, we always know it's, it is, there are criticisms to where it falls onto you're trying to make nudity as an art form, but nudity is nudity in some cases. And you're also trying to give more screen time to certain people and listen to others. Like Zendaya doesn't want to be nude, but you're not listening to people like Sydney, uh, Sydney Sweeney or, uh, you know, Jake, uh, Jacob Eldafor, or, the character who plays Jules, like you're ready to just say, I want to show ass titties and penises unless it's in Dale or this character who has this much range. And it's really, really annoying. And that actually goes into my whole complaint this season, which is the amount of dicks we're seeing this, this whole show, this whole season, mind you. And it's, it's really annoying and, and something needs to be said about it. But overall, I feel like the reason why it's getting this much controversy, this much talk is because it's, it's becoming more popular and we're getting into the thick of it. It's already four episodes in. We're about to get into to the fifth episode. We're basically halfway there. So I'm just, you know, I'm real interested to see what they're going to go on forward. But again, if I give it this a score, if I'm giving this episode a score, I'm giving it a seven and a half out of 10. You know, it's good. It, it it's crazy, but did it have to be that crazy? And my answer, I don't think so. I don't think it really have to be uh, that crazy, honestly. But that is it for our talking euphoria. Join back with us uh, next week as we talk about episode five. But we're now going to get into our kind of most anticipated movies of February and kind of just talk about you know what I'm going to watch. Uh, this weekend and what you be on the lookout for but this will be our last topic before we end the episode but i'm your host jordan malone thanks for listening to the midnight drop we're back after this
Okay. We're gonna make we're not gonna make you guys wait any longer into this last topic because I wanna go ahead and get into kind of the movie that I'm really anticipating for and what I really am looking forward to watching. So let's just get quick into it. I'm not gonna show that you guys listen to any trailers for these films because pretty much running on time a little bit, but um let's just talk about some of the movies we're gonna watch this weekend. So my slate of movies is actually going to be the following. First off, I'm going to watch Day, Them, and Us. Uh, that's something I'm going to watch on VOD that I put on my calendar for the 1st of February, where it talks about two divorced parents in their 40s you know, who end up finding themselves at a midlife crisis crossroads. And it's really just talking about them and their children. And it's more or less the kind of like a modern take on certain you know adult problems that some people face and I feel like that would be interesting to watch it has an interesting premise uh for this weekend uh there's Moonfall which I've heard a lot of bad things about and I'm actually excited to go see it because I really want to see how crazy it is especially with one of the stories that I won't say went viral but was noteworthy to watch Roland Emmerich's take on Marvel and DC films and also Star Wars films in general uh, then there's Jackass Forever which is the fourth Jackass film which has been getting a lot of great praise in the past couple of days uh, also to talk about some of the other big ones The Worst Person in the World now that is a movie that I think has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now I want to go ahead and check that out. And I'm, you know, I heard about this movie back in 2021. It was going to come out in 2022. Oh, shit. It doesn't have, yeah, it doesn't have uh, its rating anymore. But it's out today. I wonder where to watch that, actually. But it's actually out today. It's February 4th. And I'm going to go watch that. I'm over it. Right now, it has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes out of 110 reviews. So, I'm excited to watch this film. I think it's going to be awesome. So, I got that on my plate. And let's go ahead and get into these next couple of films. There's Death on a Nile. Death on a Nile is a film that I'm, you know, actually looking forward to and, you know, wanting to see what's up with Gal Gadot and. Uh, well, what was it? It was a uh, Russell Brand, Russell Brand, and a couple other people people on here that I want to see. Letitia Wright. This will be one of the first films I've seen her in in a minute. I think since uh, you know, Marvel films, and I know that she's going to be in the newest Black Panther film later this year. So it'll be good to watch her on this one. And. There are so many other movies from like 2021 and also in January that I'm going to watch. Uh, there's one movie that I want to review with you guys on another day, which is The Fallout, uh, if I had enough time for that. And, oh, there's Marry Me. That's the film that I had to do a bet with my best friend, Brandon. Brandon, you remember that fucking bet we made at the beginning of the year, at the towards the end of 2021, the beginning of 2022, that we were going to watch a film called Marry Me, and it was about... I swear to God, it was a uh, Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. It was a uh, Owen Wilson 
and Jennifer Lopez love story. And it was funny as hell. Definitely going to watch that. See what's up with it. Uh, there are so many like independent and foreign films that are coming out here. And Dimimini, uh, that is going to be the one uh, that's just kind of like a straight foreign action film. Right here, this Running Gun coming out of January 5th, uh, February 15th. Uh, Dog. And I think the other big one that's coming out on the 18th is Uncharted. That one starring Tom Holland. That's the one where the first trailer didn't really do that well. And the second trailer did a little bit better. I think it's just going to be okay. Um, I still stand on what I, what I say. Uncharted is a film uh, that should have had better casting decisions in the story. I'm a little bit hesitant on. Other movies here that are ridiculous. Sneakerella. Yep. I think those are. Oh, shit. <laughs> Tyler Perry's Medea's Homecoming. That one. Is this another Bruce Willis film? Gasoline. Are we just getting a Bruce Willis film every month now? I really hope we do. Because I would definitely do that. And I think that's about it. I think those those are the films that the first parts of these films are going to watch this weekend. And then those are the biggest films that I'm really interested in uh, this month. And I want to kind of go ahead and share it with you guys before we end this episode and just be like, to be on the lookout for these, these movies, man. But this weekend is going to be a long one and I can't wait for it. But thank you so much for listening to the Midnight Drop. I'm your host, Jordan Malone. You can go ahead and follow us on our Instagram page, official underscore TMD podcast. And my personal Instagram page, 615 underscore chill. You can also listen to us on all the other platforms that you see in the uh, text box. And also at our website, www.midnightdrop.com. But that is it. That is what we got today. Join us next time as we talk about the movies I'm able to watch and also Euphoria. That being said, see you guys next time. Stay safe, stay blessed, and stay you. (laughs) 